Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here at the start of what is going to be a very important week for the NBA. Plenty of big dates coming up. Players are returning to the practice facility. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit here. A reminder for everyone, and we've already had some really, really good questions come through, which we uh, we always appreciate when we get people sending in the questions, some related to past Bucks teams, some related to the current day Bucks, but we're going to do a mailbag, Frank, is going to join me for that as always later on in the week. So you probably, by the time you're listening to this, I would say you've got 24 to 48 hours to get your questions in. I'll bump that tweet a little bit later on here so everyone uh, can see that. Also, if you go to lockedonbucks at gmail.com, you can get your questions in there. As far as other scheduling for the week, J.R. Radcliffe tomorrow, friend of mine, works for the Journal Sentinel. He is, uh, he's got a very interesting job and he covers some of the more entertaining stories that we see at sports events that aren't always related to what's happening on the floor. Uh, I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. It's going to be a role reversal because he's normally the host of the JS Bucks podcast. Uh, and then on occasion, I've gone in to the, to the JS building and we've spoke. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then later on in the week, some people may have seen me interacting with George Carl. He's going to be back on the podcast uh, we spoke about the 2001 team last time. This time, we're going to be talking a lot about Giannis, talking about the current day Bucks, the modern basketball game, and the way the Bucks play, and how he thinks they're going to go down in Disney. But let's get into this. So over the weekend, a bunch of dates came out, as I already mentioned. Free agency, the big one. I joked about this date. 6 p.m. on October 18, free agency tips off in the NBA, such a weird thing to even think about. I mean, October 18, generally when the season's starting, but that's when free agency is going to happen. And of course, I had to make the joke that October 18, 6 p.m., that's when teams will officially not be able to sign Giannis because, of course, he's not a free agent. Going to be a really interesting free agency period for the Bucks in particular. We know most of their players are locked up or most of the key players are locked up to long-term deals. It does certainly apply to some of the guys that, that will have player options when you talk about uh, Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez, and then just the veteran guys. So Kyle Corver, Marvin Williams, what are these guys looking to do? Sterling Brown, restricted free agent. So free agency is still going to be interesting for the Bucks, but is it going to be as interesting as last summer when we were all waiting by the phone to figure out what's happening with Middleton, Brooke Lopez, uh, Malcolm Brogdon? Probably not. So I, I, my early expectations are it's going to be a little bit quieter at the free agency period in October this year. But again, we had some questions already surrounding free agency in the mailbag. So we'll talk about that in depth a little bit more. And another thing that we'll talk about is the NBA draft, which is right now scheduled for October 16. We know as the Bucks uh, currently stand, they have pick 19. Interesting again, I was just reading through Sam Fasini's latest uh, big board. It's not necessarily a mock draft. Big board 
He had RJ Hampton going pick 19 or the 19th ranked prospect. We know he played in New Zealand last year. Uh, long, athletic, good defensive capabilities and young. I mean, he was playing in a professional league and a team that didn't play too well, but we'll go through that a little bit on the mailbag. But the draft October 16, it's going to be interesting. Remember last year, the Bucks really, they had no involvement in the draft. It was kind of a long and boring night. I think the only thing that was interesting out of it was we got to speak about the Tony Snell trade, uh, which included John Lua, who, of course, ended up getting stretched. The important thing for this week to keep an eye out for is the transaction window, which is a modified transaction window that's going to be opened up from June 23 to June 30. So just in the next couple of days here, transactions are going to occur. We're going to see teams uh, signing players to uh, potentially two-way deals, potentially looking for replacement players. So that's why this week is so important for the NBA. Because with this transaction window, all 30 teams are involved in this. Even the Delete 8, the teams that aren't going down to Disney, uh, are going to be involved in this. And the reason for that is that it would be kind of unfair if you said, okay, everyone can sign free agents, but the teams that aren't playing, you're not involved, you could potentially miss out on this. And this isn't necessarily for your veteran players, so your Jamal Crawford, who, let's be honest, he's not going to go sign with the Chicago Bulls that aren't playing. He's going to sign with the team that is going to Disney, but it's for the younger guys. So these other teams that aren't going still have an opportunity to potentially sign uh, guys to maybe a two-way or, or guarantee guys on, on their roster during this transaction period. So that's the reason why uh, it's open to all 30 teams. For the Bucks at this point, there's no real uh, reason for them to sign anyone. We, we're still trying to find out the exact details on what's going to happen around replacement players. Uh, can two ways be involved in this down in Disney? So we're waiting for all this to fully play itself out, but I would expect that you're going to hear a lot in the next week with this window being the 23rd to the 30th of June. Uh, Again, more questions on that in the mailbag. So you guys are right on top of all this stuff. At this point, I haven't seen any real indication that box players aren't going to be going down to Disney, but uh, I guess hang on to your hats because starting this Tuesday, so starting from tomorrow, as most of you people are listening to this podcast on a Monday, 10 coaches will be allowed in the practice facility Four players will be allowed in the practice facility from June 23rd to 30, and then eight players from July 1st to July 9. And then, of course, after that, teams will head down to Disney and and get on with uh, the season, hopefully. So this is the week. And it's, it's going to be really interesting. The players are going to get back in there. We're probably, for the first time, going to get some footage of Bucks players in the practice facility working out We haven't seen this for months. It's the first real steps, first real physical steps we're seeing from teams towards an NBA return. So this is is big. And as I sort of already mentioned, if there's going to be anyone that out there that feels uncomfortable about the NBA return, that doesn't want to go down, you're going to hear about this in the next little week. So again, uh, NBA draft October 16, free agency October 18, but the transaction window this week, June 23 to June 30, teams can add and lock in guys for their roster as uh, the NBA returns. So uh, big week this week. And before I move on to the other news from around the, from around the league, I should say, 
a quick note about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know they came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let's dive back into some of the specifics around the NBA return to Disney. One of the big concerns and one of the big things that made absolutely no sense to me was the fact that potentially there was going to be members of the general public down at Disney World Parks and uh, in particular the Grand Floridian, which is not the hotel that the Bucks are going to be situated at, but the Grand Floridian apparently uh, if we listen to reports that have come out from these theme park, theme park experts that know everything that's going on down there, there was genuinely bookings that people had to stay in some of these hotels. So <laughs> to me, this was complete insanity. And we've already had so many question marks around the, uh, the, the actual accuracy of calling this a bubble because we know that there's going to be some people that are breaching the uh, air quote bubble that aren't going to be subjected to the same type of quarantine, same type of testing that the NBA players are going to have. So we already know there's some concerns there. If there was any chance that there was going to be members of the general public staying in the same hotel, well, this thing has potential for disaster quite clearly. So the good news is that those hotels uh, will not be open to members of the general public. Those that had bookings for those times will have to uh, change those now and they won't be able to stay there. They'll probably be able to go to Disney, but I imagine. Uh, they'll be moving to a different hotel. And based on the dates that they've given, uh, which makes perfect sense, the first hotel back in normal operation will be the Yacht Club and then Grand Floridian and then uh, last of all, uh, Grand Destino, where the Bucks are going to be. So it appears that as teams move on, as teams stay in the tournament, if it's one of those lower-ranked teams that makes it through to a deep playoff run, they'll move hotels and eventually everyone's going to be in the Grand Destino, uh, which is going to be completely shut off uh, to general public and I, I don't I don't know the land I don't know the lay of the land down at Disney so I can't tell you what that actually means but uh, I will say uh, I was reading a tweet today from theme park expert Carly Weisel who by the way was on the No Dunks podcast last week which was really fascinating she knows everything that's going on uh, down at Disney but uh, she said that this confirms the NBA will have the entire run of Disney's Coronado Springs making it by far the best hotel to stay at. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Robin Lopez says. We know he wanted to go to Yacht Club, but uh, this seems to be a good thing for the Bucks. They'll be able to stay settled for the whole time, in which we hope uh, they are there deep into October. Part of the quarantine protocols, how they're going to detect coronavirus down there that's ga- gathered a bit of attention is these 
these rings, these monitoring rings that the players are going to get. And there's been plenty of jokes about these, but this is really important. Uh, and I'm going to get to an incident that's happened over here in Australia and why uh, this is such an important thing for the NBA players to have. So the, the rings are going to be optional, first of all, which uh, to me, it, it shouldn't be optional. And I understand people are going to say, well, it's an invasion of privacy. Well, it's not really. It's for their own players' benefit and not just the players' benefit, but the people around them, the teams, the, the staff, everyone else, this would be a really good thing. What, they, what these rings do is that they monitor heart rate, respiration rate, and a number of other variables that may show some differences from normal uh, prior to the fact that you show symptoms, prior to the fact that you could actually test positive. Because one of the things we've learned about coronavirus over the last few months, and I am certainly not an expert, but one of the things we've learned is that you can have the virus and be spreading the virus and still be testing negative for a number of days. So uh, the idea of these rings, from what I can gather, is that this will identify anyone that's potentially uh, showing symptoms before they physically are aware of that. So this is, this is potentially a, a pretty important thing in, in, in enabling play to keep on going, enabling the NBA to return. The data from these rings will only go to the NBA and the MB, MBPA, to the NBA and the, and the Players Association. So, you know, it's, it's really just monitoring your health. I don't think that there should be any privacy concerns around these. I'm absolutely certain there's going to be some players that won't use them, but uh, it seems like a good thing to me. Any way that you can come back and do this as safely as possible and without the potential for a major outbreak among players, uh, I think is a positive thing. So uh, we'll see how many players uh, take up the option of, of wearing one of these rings, but this is going to be one of the things we'll find out in a couple of days' time. And as I said, this really does relate to something we've seen in return to professional sports uh, here in Australia. So for those that know me and have been listening to this podcast for a while, yes, uh, you, you will know that I'm Australian and I'm a big Australian football fan. And the season over here in Australia returned, uh, well, it was the second weekend back uh, we've just had. So they play weekly. It's a weekly sport. Uh, second week back this weekend and halfway through the weekend the news broke and it was huge news that one of the players had tested positive for coronavirus now the restrictions that these players are under here in australia are not uh, not even similar to those in the u.s but it is worth remembering that uh the the whole coronavirus situation in australia has been uh, largely under control. There's a mini, mini outbreak happening right now in the state that I live in, in Victoria. But outside of that, Australia generally has done a really, really good job. And the the state of Australia in relation to coronavirus before they returned to professional sports is simply a situation that the US is not 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 only close to, but not possible for them for a long, long time. I mean, I'm talking any time this year, it doesn't seem that the US is going to be able to get it under control to the extent Australia has to the, to the magnitude that as of right now, and, and as I said, we're getting a little spike here right now in Victoria, but the, the city of Milwaukee has had more cases and three times as many deaths as the whole of Australia has. So that's just for a little bit of context for where Australia is in returning to pro sports. Uh, but the players have been told that uh, they are not allowed to do anything outside of be around uh, teammates and uh, be at the club, basically. But they are staying at their own home. They're in their own cities. There is some traveling going on uh, between states. But this player is tested positive. 
it looks like he went outside the protocols of what they allowed for this to happen, which is unfortunate, um, but probably not totally unexpected. But why this relates to the NBA and the potential return is that it really highlighted for me a potential situation you're going to see down in Disney. Now, I don't think that anyone truly believes that we're going to get through three plus months of NBA basketball down at Disney without a player testing positive. It seems impossible. Just by the numbers, it seems impossible that that's going to be the case. The fact that there are some different circumstances where staff at Disney perhaps aren't under the same protocols, it just seems impossible that someone is not going to contract the virus at some point. But the problem with what we've seen with this player, his name's Connor McKenna, the problem with Connor McKenna is that uh, these players have been tested twice a week, so not daily like NBA players will be, twice a week, and he tested negative, 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 and then finally tested positive, but he tested positive in between tests and in between practice sessions in contact with players and his own team. And this is really eye-opening because it's important to note that he would have been able to spread the virus before he even tested positive. And this is why for a daily sport like the NBA, uh, this, is, this is really scary news to think about because if, if for instance, Chris Milton you know, for a Bucks example, test positive to the virus, then he has, sure, he's tested positive to the virus, but the, the NBA is going to be playing daily or, or each day, day after day. So in that time where he was actually spreading it and contagious, despite him maybe having no idea that he had it, he's probably, he might have played two games. He's been in practice by that time. He's been in contact with all his teammates. And the only way to really be sure that the other players aren't going to be in the same boat four or five days down the track, which, again, huge implications for the schedule, is to sit them out and quarantine them and ensure that they don't contact anyone else and then turn this into a mini Disney outbreak. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only way you can possibly do it. And in Australia, what they're doing now is they're saying that uh, they had been splitting teams up into three different groups of approximately you know eight to ten players. So if this happened, then it would be that group that would need to go into quarantine. So what Australia is doing is saying, well, those eight players that were in his group now need to go into quarantine for 14 days, be tested daily and every couple of days, and we'll see if anyone tests positive because we can't know right now. If we say, go back out, go play, and then in five days they've tested positive, then all of a sudden the spread is right throughout the entire team and potentially another group of players as well. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you overlook these things and I certainly have myself but when I seen when I saw this playing out over the weekend in a somewhat hopefully manageable situation for Australian football I thought about the NBA and a sport that isn't one game a week a sport that is daily and I was like well uh, my goodness this is this is I I don't know how this is going to work and I don't know how uh, they're going to be able to control this from happening now I, I tweeted over the weekend that uh, I, I don't have concerns that they're going to push ahead with this because I, I do believe that if they were concerned 100% only about the health and worried about someone contracting the virus, then they wouldn't be doing this at all. Because if you look at the, the numbers in Florida, if you look at the numbers right across the US, uh, you wouldn't be starting a professional sports league. You just wouldn't be doing it. It's irresponsible, but we know the money involved for players and staff and the league and broadcasters and everyone is doing the talking here. So... Uh, I think they're going to push ahead, but it could be a really interesting period these next few weeks with teams coming back to the practice facility, being around each other, 
the regular testing that's going to to start to happen because we know uh, for a number of reasons there's been players out in public all over the place over the last few weeks and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks. We we cross our fingers and we hope it's not the case that that a player tests positive and already uh, before they even head down to Disney it turns into a, a, a you know a real scare for the league. But we're going to see what happens. And maybe don't be shocked if it does, because uh, the the situation over there in, is just not really in the best spot for basketball return. I do think they're going to push ahead uh, with it regardless. And and that seems to be the reports coming out uh, regarding Adam Silver. And he, he seems very concerned, but willing to push ahead. So, uh, look, it was just something to think about after seeing what happened over here. And we've said right from the start, keep your eye on what happens with other professional sports, because... Uh, that's probably going to tell you where the NBA can go with this. So I do I do hope I haven't rambled on too much about this myself, but it's just, again, highlighting the challenges the NBA is going to have and, and really putting into perspective how difficult this is going to be to uh, not only get this thing off the ground and get started, but get three months of consistent daily basketball going uh, right through that period during the pandemic. It's going to be very difficult. And we will see what happens there. As I mentioned earlier, J.R. Radcliffe on the podcast tomorrow. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. It'll also be a whole lot of fun for you that you don't have to listen to me talking to by myself the whole time. As far as other podcasts on the network, check out Locked on NBA. They're going to be all over everything that's happening around the league uh, during this week. And as I said, one last plug for the mailbag. You've got 24 to 48 hours, so you can still get your questions in at Locked on Bucks on Twitter at, not at, Locked on bucks at gmail.com. Get your questions in, and we're going to get stuck into the mailbag later this week. I am Kane Pittman. I appreciate you guys listening to me and getting your week off to hopefully a good start. And I'll speak to you guys tomorrow.